Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everybody. So this is just Grace, obviously, um, jumping in before you start listening to let you know that Izzy is away having a little getaway in Hastings. And for some reason, her mic didn't pull through properly. So her audio's a little muffled this week. And we... Oh, fuck. It's just Izzy texting me. And we decided to keep the episode because we still think the content's really good. And if you can kind of get through the first five minutes and get used to it, we still think it's a great episode. But just wanted to give you the heads up. So enjoy. Hello. Hello, Sausage Face. Okay, so I was just going through our AWD DMs, which I do about once a fortnight. Sorry, everyone. And I manically reply to everyone. And I'm like, it's Grace. Yep. So this girl, Christina, hello, Christina, we love you, has nailed signs of being a chug. Oh, it goes, hit me. The following, in my humble opinion, as a chug, a chuggy <laughs> as fuck. Matisse framed prints. Yes. Yes. House candles. Calvin yes. Klein's wearing Santal 33. Having a Monstera indoor plant. Knowing what a Monstera is is chewy. Yes. Taking photos of cheese but taking photos of cheese boards or for that matter any platters for your Instagram story. Bottomless brunch, normal people, both the book and the TV show. Contouring and using the phrase adulting. Yes. Fuck I love her. Who's this person? Such a perfect summary. I know. She just understands it so intrinsically. Yeah, there was a really good list that a New Zealand publication did. Are you laughing? Because I can't remember the name of the New Zealand publication. <laughs> did, that was like, it, it's funny because people get so offended, but we are just all tubes. Yeah, exactly. There's no room to be sensitive about being a tube. That's not the tube way. Yeah. So there's this New Zealand band called 660 and it was like liking 660 means you're a chug and it's like it just does 
but heaps of people like 660. You can just be both things. Of course. A lot of people have to like it for it to be juggy. <laughs> Literally. Um, I had to tell you a funny story. Oh, this is an ultimate chug thing that happens as I let me get my gin and tonic. <laughs> Speaking of ultimate chug moves. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone away to this town called Hastings, which is randomly also where I was born in New Zealand. And it's really cute and it's by the beach. But before I was like, okay, I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to have a say in what we do and where we go. And so I randomly, for some reason, was on TripAdvisor, which is very chuggy. And I went to number one in, in the best restaurants in this town. And it was this restaurant called La Bella Vista. And I was like, perfect. And then it was Italian and we love Italian. And so I just booked it without thinking twice. And then my boyfriend was like, you know, that place is quite expensive, right? And I was like, it's okay. Like we're having a date night. That's fine. Booked it for tomorrow night. And then I'd also found this other place called Teddy's Beach Diner and Cocktail Bar or something. And I was like, let's just go to Teddy's tomorrow after work. We'll go for a walk along the beach. Teddy's. We'll drop by Teddy's. Yeah. And so we walked half an hour along the beach, which is fine because it was nice. But we get to Teddy's and it's literally basically just the, the scummiest place you've ever seen. So there were barely any tables outside. The menu was just like Guinness or one lager. It was freezing cold. There was no food. I was so confused about what had happened. And he was just like, where did you find this place? And I was like, on TripAdvisor. And he was like, no, you can't go on TripAdvisor in these random tiny towns and think that, they, that people are going to have the same Yeah, because it's according to like four reviews as well, yes. probably. <laughs> yeah. 99%. And then while we were there, he was like, okay, we need to investigate in more detail this rogue Italian place you've booked for dinner tomorrow night. And then went on their Google Photos, which is such a good hack for finding out if a place is good or not. Like just scrolling through the Google Photos of customer pics that are real. And we went through and they had prawns covered in little chocolate drops what the fuck as a food <laughs> so i had to cancel <laughs> i had to email deborah and cancel and say unfortunately yeah i was like what the fuck is this and then they had um, a sunday roast on their menu that's nice that's very english but for an expensive italian restaurant yeah. <laughs> i was like we could go there for the one-stop shop I had to email Deborah and say, unfortunately, we're not coming to Hastings anymore. That's okay. <laughs> that was like uh, on Real Housewives, how they're always talking up Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants. And then Jezebel did a story where they went and ate at all three and they uploaded photos of the food. And it looked so fucked. It was like carrot oh sticks with like a drizzle of mayonnaise or something. We need to go there. Yeah, yeah. I will definitely be going when I'm next in town, whenever that is. Okay, so you're having a lovely time in Hastings. What have I been doing? I watched The Pursuit of Love, first episode. Really gorge. It's this new period drama with Lily James. It's based on the Nancy Mitford book. You'll love it. It's super cute, really stylish. It's shot really nicely. It's got really cool modern music. It's really funny and it's just really, really cute because it's about two best friends. They're actually cousins, which is weird because I feel like they're going to bus. Um, but they're like girls they have this cute girly friendship but it's kind of romantic as well and Lily James plays this loose unit the show is amazing everyone should watch it but what's weird about it is that Dominic West is in it that's what she was filming and all the drama happened and he plays her dad in it 
Freudian vibes. Freudian vibes. I watched Palm Springs, which is this new yes. movie. That I've it was watched. like it was like one of something. It was nominated battle or something. Yeah, I think it was nominated for a bunch of awards, but it hadn't come out yet. And I looked it up. I was like, this is very me. And it's two actors who I have no idea how I know who they are, but Andy Samberg and Kristen Malotti. And Kristen Malotti, I know her face so well, but then I looked at what she's been in and was like, I have no idea. But they're both so funny and so good in it. And basically it's about a wedding in Palm Springs. And the guy goes and then gets somehow stuck in this time warp where every single day repeats and it's the wedding again. Cute. And then on one night when he's hooking up with her because she's one of the wedding guests she's I think the bride's sister on one of the nights where it's repeating he hooks up with her and then she follows him into this place and then she gets stuck in the time warp and it's just really really funny because they they like go back and just fuck with all the guests at the wedding and like get really drunk and just cause such a scene because they know that it doesn't make any difference because it's just going to be the next day Russian doll it was really cute and then on a more serious note I was out for dinner last Friday and um a couple of friends mentioned Nazanin Zahari Ratcliffe. Oh my god, I just listened to this as well by accident. What? The Guardian pod about it. Yeah. Yes. From That's like so a month funny. ago. Yeah. Yes. Random. Okay. So yeah, I knew nothing about her case at all and I felt like such a idiot at dinner. But Nazanin had gone to visit her family in Iran. She's a dual citizen in 2016. And they locked her up for five years saying that she was being a spy for the UK. But really what was happening was she was a hostage because the UK owes Iran like 400 million pounds. And they've owed them that since the 70s and won't pay it because basically the UK was supplying Iran weapons and Iran had paid up front for them. And then when the fall of the Shah happened and the UK was like, we don't want to supply you weapons anymore. But then they didn't give the money back. Which is just so insane. So English. And then they sold all those weapons again. So they made double. But they sold them to Saddam Hussein, who used them against Iran. So basically, Nazanin is just a hostage. And she's literally now served her five years. Got let out in April. So her family was, like, celebrating her husband in the UK. And her six-year-old daughter, who hasn't seen her mum since she was a year old, were celebrating her release. And then they just locked her up again. She's just still in prison. It's so fucked. It's such a terrifying story. I think it is a famous story over here, but it's crazy that it's not. And did you hear the bit in the podcast where it said that part of the reason that she's staying jailed is because of Boris being useless and he said basically the whole reason that they got away with jailing her under basically false allegations was because they were trying to say that she was training local journalists to be anti the government when really she just had this kind of correspondence role with the BBC I think and then Boris Johnson as foreign minister was not briefed because he obviously just doesn't get briefed on things and then came out and was just like I literally don't get why she's in jail all she was doing was training foreign journalists yeah and everyone's like no 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 which she wasn't doing And they used him saying that, which he later apologised for and said he misspoke and didn't know all the facts, as evidence to lock her up a second time. Hmm. And it was just a complete blunder on his behalf. Yeah, It's so insane. And now he's Prime Minister. Like, get her back. Yeah, he said he's doubling down efforts to get her out, but that's so, so beyond that she's been locked up. 
for five years, got lit out and then put straight back in prison for another year. It's just... I can't even imagine the mental toll that would take and she was in like solitary for long periods of time. Even having an infant child and not being able to see it for five years would fuck you up so Mm. much. There's so so much that goes on that we don't know about. It's like, just pay Iran back. You literally owe them money. That's insane. I know. Like so much And now the interest is so high on it that they're like, we can't pay it. Sorry. England is so naughty. Like I just can't get over them. That's so naughty. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, something else I want to talk about, which is an article we've both loved Mm -hmm. this week, was the Vice's piece on the phenomenon of hot girls alt guys. And it was inspired by Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian who, in like a disgusting twist that a few people have DM'd us about, Travis bought a goop candle that says this smells like Courtney's orgasm. That makes me feel quite ill. Yeah, their whole thing is gross. It's just it so It was so intense. cute for literally 30 seconds. Yeah. And now it's revolting. Um, the finger sucking was too far for me. He's gotten a yeah. tattoo. I think there's a, it was on Instagram just before and another tattoo popped up. And I just didn't even look at it because I was like, I can't deal with this right now. Why is he in this sort of manic state about her? Like, I know she's keen on him too, but she's making less permanent commitments. (laughs) I feel like he would have been obsessed with her for years. Yeah, that's what I thought was cute. And now I'm like, guys, and it's just a bit old for this. One of Travis Barker's kids is like 20. (laughs) She'd be like, dad. Yeah, apparently Scott Disica's really torn up about it because he obviously wanted to get her back. I'm watching, sorry to keep doing this, but I'm watching Real Housewives season where Lisa Rinna's just come in and her daughter, who's Scott Disica. Oh my God, yes. Was slash is bussing, is in it. And she's, I know it was filmed ages ago, but she's literally 12 and it makes me so upset. Yeah, they're still together, I think. But yeah, so this advice article is about how there's like a long line of couples that we stand that mix hot women with old band guys. So there's like Nicole Richie and Joel Madden. I didn't realize, which is so silly, I'd never put it together, that Cameron Diaz is dating his brother, Benji Madden. They have done very well for themselves. Yeah, they've done so well. They've been both been married to each for a long time. Nicole and Cameron are friends. Mm. Cute. I was obsessed with Good Charlotte when I was like, 10. Were you? I was obsessed yeah. with Fallout Boy. And then there's Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, who are another weird as fuck couple that we haven't really talked about ever. I know I just can't bring myself to care about that, but I care about it in this instance where it's like this partnership fascinates us culturally. It's like we would never care about Megan Fox or Machine Gun Kelly separately. It's also Ariana Grande and Mac Miller. Yeah. I feel like he's more rap than alt. Yeah, but he's like, he has the look. He's like covered in tattoos and dressed that way. Mm. Devin Lee Carlson and her boyfriend. Yes. Yeah, great example. So the Vice girl wrote, the first real alt guy hot girl boom, as I see it, took place in the mid to late 2000s. There was a degree to which I think these couples enjoyed media popularity because in a way they kind of conformed to a narrative peddled by American romantic comedies of the 2000s onwards, which is so true. So 10 Things I Hate About You and Bring It On are films that have kind of punk pop soundtracks 
and they're encouraging audience to root for this like ulti outside guy to get the girl even um clueless is the same clueless i was gonna say clueless is like that as well yeah, yeah. and is it legally blonde legally blonde she goes to the professor he's not ulti but he's an outsider it's kind of that vibe there's heaps like now you're saying it there's oh um princess diaries yes <laughs> A brilliant film. I love film. that movie. A, a brilliant mm. film. Yeah, and then so these couples feel like the real life mirror to that. It's so true. It's like such a cinematic thing to like love this underdog guy who finally gets the girl. And I also think this writer said that our interest in this trope again is coming back at the same time that there's like a Nordies renaissance. So everyone's wearing like juicy couture tracksuits and like Von Dutch trucker hats mm-hmm. and Ugg boots and stuff again. And we're having this full comeback to the Nordies and that this thing that wasn't really a thing for ages is now a thing again. It's so interesting. Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker and Courtney Kardashian hanging out is so funny. Yeah. Did I say someone's name wrong just then? I don't know. You know what I mean. No, I think he just missed Megan Fox. Oh. <laughs> and Megan Fox. I feel sorry for Megan Fox because she met, no, Megan Fox's ex-husband I feel sorry for because she met Machine Gun Kelly on the set of this movie and then they've both done all this press saying that when they met it was a love at first sight and a feeling that neither of them had ever felt before. And Megan Fox's jade little husband and father of her children was just like, what? And then he thought they were going to get back together for ages and he kept trying to win her back. But she'd gone off with her. It's like Brangelina, like when Angelina Jolie was like, I can't wait for our kids to watch us fall in love on the set of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And Jennifer Aniston was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rude. Rude. It's also what the cut has dubbed the summer of unexpected love and that 2021 is the year of the unexpected celebrity couple. So there's so many. Pete Davidson and the cute little... Bridgerton, Bridgerton girl. girl. So that's random. the random. That's so random. Taika Waititi and Rita Ora is more random. Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles is super random. Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles is so, so, so random. I thought they'd quietly broken up, but then Dumois keeping me updated and they blocked out the location that they'd gone to, but I'm just guessing it was Soho Farmhouse because they said that they arrived in a Lamborghini and then spent the whole afternoon by the fire. And I feel like that just makes sense. Yeah. But so random that they're still together so random we also decided which i know we're going to get a lot of backlash for but please know that this is said in a loving way olivia wilde is a a big chug yeah yeah uh, absolutely she's so funny because yeah she seems so so cool and book smart is such an incredibly funny clever movie and she's obviously so smart and talented but then she just has the chugiest social media behavior yeah agreed on her Instagram story. But you can be both. You know, being yeah. a trug doesn't make you not smart. Not talented. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, of she course. Says defensively. I, know. I just think when you um, when you no. when you look so kind of with the culture that you can create something as groundbreaking as book smart, but then your Instagram is so confused. That's why the chug phenomenon is so interesting because it just crops up in the randomest places. And it's yeah. just such a funny thing that I feel like we were just going through life and didn't understand it and now we know about it. It's like changed the game. Yeah. So, yeah, they're random. Katie Holmes and that gross restaurateur guy, Emilio oh, yeah, Vitolo Jr. Jr. They're, they're over. He's so happy that we know his name. Yeah. 
the one that had his gorgeous fiance, and then Katie Holmes showed him some interest and he dumped her via text. Justice for Rachel. Justice for Rachel. He's probably trying to get back together with Rachel now. As we speak. As we speak. Poor Katie Holmes. I do feel bad for her. She's very stylish. So she's got that going on. Yeah, she looks like And she's then 50. the ultimate unexpected romance of oh. 2020. <laughs> Benefit. Unfortunately, we have to keep talking about this because they're forcing our hand. Yep. So Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. The whole thing is so embarrassingly produced as a kind of piece of public performance art that I can't even really find the will to care, but I, I care about how awkward it is. Dumois is weirdly saying they think it's not staged, so now I'm worried they're being paid off by JLo's people. Yeah, they could be being paid off. TMZ or... put an article up, right? And the URL was Ben Affleck has been something like Ben Affleck's been sending JLo emails for months, and then in the URL it had JLo's manager's name. But JLo's like publicist's name. Wow. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of Well, she's obviously like my feeling is that Jennifer Lopez is what? She's 50 years old. She's the queen of staying relevant. She's the queen of her own self-image. I think that there would be fear and discussion about, you know, this relationship breakdown. A-Rod was flirting with, like, a thotty younger woman. Is this going to make her look some sort of way? She does not want to be framed as a kind of traded in for a younger model aging out of whatever person, even though she isn't, but we have a very sexist media who, you know, people might start to see her that way. So I feel like she's orchestrated something high profile all over the media straight off the back of this very intentionally. And I think that Ben Affleck is obviously like languishing to borrow our favorite (laughs) phrase in terms of his PR coverage with all the, like, Dunkin' Donut moments, et cetera, he was just <laughs> left by, like, hottie, hottie A-lister of the moment. Yep. You know, like, it works. It's, it works as a, as a branding strategy, and I, I think that's all it is. I would put, like, really good money on that they haven't boost. Yeah, so there was an article saying that A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, is not happy that J-Lo has moved on feels blindsided <laughs> and all these things because he wanted to get back together with her and I'm Quite like don't happy. message southern charm stars if you want to get back together with J-Lo Anna de Armas like clearly just does not give mm-hmm. a fuck she's just in Spain looking hot no that was just like a sacrifice you had to make for her career yes but it's funny because there's nothing more staged than Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez getting back together and then the little romantic Pisces in me it was like what if what if it's not staged? No. Apparently, and like one of the things we're being fed direct from JLo's publicist's mouth is that when <laughs> JLo was filming in the Dominican Republic for her new film Shotgun Wedding, the one that Army Hammer was fired from, Ben Affleck saw her on the beach and messaged her saying that she looked beautiful. And then that started up the lines of communication again after Anna Diamas had left. But I was like, of course, Ben Affleck wouldn't message her that after 20 years when she's engaged to Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, that's that's not adding up to me. makes no sense. Personally. And also, why would Jayla ever go back there with Ben Affleck? You know what I'm realising more and more? Like, we didn't talk about the Zac Efron plastic surgery stuff at the time, but 
something that's really great about feminism becoming mainstream is like it's showcasing that men are just as kind of like genre and tragic in Hollywood as women are. We just we're not noticing for some reason. Mm. They're just as invested in being attractive. They're just as invested in it's like when Bradley Cooper was doing all that kind of embarrassing PR for A Star Is Born to try and win himself an Oscar. Hollywood is just a place for narcissists who are obsessed with their own relevance and are obsessed with their own perception. Obviously, both the men and women are going to do kind of embarrassing, debasing things to stay in the headlines. Yeah. And Ben Affleck, I kind of like, is the best thing about him, the most interesting thing about him is that he's so like, what's the word, grasping at relevancy all the time in these like really, 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 obvious transparent ways is kind of amazing because we're not used to seeing men do that for fame yeah and then what you've said a bazillion times before the people who don't care about playing this game you never see them and you never hear from them because paparazzi can't just find the exact time that they're going to take their dogs for a walk along the street like they did with Ben Affleck and Anna Damas every single day Arena Shake every single day oh, that she picks her daughter up from daycare in New York is wearing another top to toe designer outfit my recent fave was this Vivian Westwood two-piece pleated mini skirt and jacket with combat boots and she just looks insane to go and pick a child up from daycare with all these other normal mums normie mums just being like what's happening but if she didn't want the paparazzi to see her they wouldn't no it's true it's all like strategy. there's so many celebs that never get papped or get papped well think about like once looking like, like lively and ryan reynolds i'm like they post a selfie together on instagram it gets six million likes like there's so much public interest in them and their children and you never ever ever see paparazzi photos like natalie portman like all these people that are massive a-list celebrities um it's like a game that you play mm. you know like megan and harry i'm like me like there's been literally like two photos of pap photos of them since they moved to la everyone would know where they live you know yeah like yeah Anyway, so yeah, Benefer, I'm, I'm like kind of interested to see where it goes, but also not. Ali Jones, who's a writer I really, really like, she's fucking hilarious, wrote for The Cut about how Benefer has always done this. Like if you go back to 17 years ago when they got together, the relationship was very, very, we look at these old pictures of them and are just like, oh, when they were in love, but it was, there was a lot of PRing themselves at the time and helping build each other's career and using their combined star power to leverage each other's fame that's always been a part of their relationship which I thought was really interesting Mm, that's so interesting I can't even remember when they used to be together there's so many celebrity couples you just can't even compute like Sandra Bullock and Ryan Gosling yeah great example great example (laughs) that'll forever be in my mind is a what the fuck um okay on to something far more serious than Benefer and that's what's going on in Palestine right now it feels like such a complicated issue to talk about because in part it is it's such a huge thing because it's been happening for years and years and there are so many nuances that are quite impossible to understand unless you've been across the topic for years which I definitely have not been and it's covers politics it covers religion it covers cultural dispute concerning national identities it covers land ownership it covers so many different facets and so many different people sit on different sides of the fence but then at the same time 
it also shouldn't be that complicated because in some senses you don't need to know everything about what led to this conflict to know that what's happening isn't okay and to support the people being affected by it firstly if you're confused by this like you should be basically I think everyone because we have so much online activism now and like clicktivism and people are so used to being fed sort of party lines about what they should support without having to know too much about it. I think Mm. this conflict has been really interesting to see play out on social media because I think people have been panicking and either sharing things or not sharing things or not understanding or being like, why don't I know about this and not knowing where they stand. And we haven't ever really seen this like groundswell of social media support for the Palestinian conflict in the whole time we've been on social media because I think people had this knee-jerk reaction of basically as like a Cliff Notes explanation, after the Holocaust, the United Kingdom spearheaded giving uh, European Jews land in the Middle East, in Jerusalem, which is kind of ancient holy land, but is also ancient holy land in the Muslim faith giving them land so they would have a physical place that they could make a country and own where they would be free of discrimination. And obviously after the Holocaust, the amount of sympathy for that cause was really high. But also England has like a really bad reputation for just messing with the Middle East and having like no forethought about any of the implications. And basically what's happened since then is Israel has taken up more and more land in this area that was formerly known as Palestine. Palestinian land has gotten smaller and smaller. And the Israeli government has been very aggressive in their handling of people on Palestinian land that they believe is Israeli land. What happens is that people get very fearful of criticizing the Israeli regime because they're scared of sounding anti-Semitic. Some of the rhetoric around Um, what Israel is doing says that Israel shouldn't exist, for example, and these are just issues that I feel like you and I are in no position (laughs) to Mm -hmm. pass judgment on or comment on because they're extremely complicated. We've both read and listened to a lot in the last week about it and it's just very, very, very complicated. But I think because of that fear of sounding anti-Semitic and because of the context in which Israel was established which is a very emotional context, there's this fear to criticise Israel. But what's currently happening in Palestine is just a kind of human rights breach that we should be able to criticise completely independently of the history and anything else that went on. But having said that, the history and everything else that went on, I like, I don't know. Put my hands up and say, I don't know. I'm not, I should not be your authority on this topic. Yeah, me too. And I think the anti-Semitic thing is so kind of frustrating because largely it's the government doing this. Mm -hmm. It's hugely powerful Israeli army and then right-wing extremists who are inciting violence against Palestinians. It's not the majority of Jewish people. Most Jewish people, Mm -hmm. even in Israel, are against the violence. There's been Mm -hmm. Orthodox Jews speaking out publicly saying they're against this violence. And right now both innocent Palestinians and Israeli citizens are being killed in the fighting so it's just I think this whole thing of everyone being too scared to talk and everyone being too scared to kind of educate themselves about it because of the long history and because we're scared to sound stupid or because we're scared to ask questions means that this kind of continues unchecked and the other thing 
that I think confuses everyone is the fact that this violence has been going on for years and years and years. So it's mm -hmm. been this ongoing cycle of violence on both sides. There's always been fighting in the Gaza Strip and now extra violence. What you need to know about why this violence right now is kind of more intense is that it's and it's escalating towards full-blown war, which has happened numerous times over the years. It won't be mm -hmm. the first time that it's resulted in like all-out war. But this extra violence has kicked off in Jerusalem, which is a kind of escalated tensions significantly. And recently in the Israeli election, these Kahanas who were once banned from being what happened? Is the mirror? Of course. <laughs> cool. Sorry to break up such an intense chat, but of course that was the mirror, Grace. This mirror that Izzy watched me put up really shoddily and that you knew was gonna fall off the wall just fell off the wall and gave me a big fright. This is what happens. This, I was yes. saying this to Grace the other day as she was putting this mirror on the wall without reading the instructions of her little With sticky... my orange hair. <laughs> yeah, with your orange hair. She put this mirror on the wall with those 3M sticky things and then proceeded to literally stick it on the wall, this huge heavy mirror, stick it on the wall and then walk away. And I was like, Grace, go back there and push against them for at least a minute or it will fall on the ground. And then what do you know? Here no we are. Knows. But um, <clears throat> I'm just gonna wait till that motorbike fucks off. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the violence has gotten anyway. Back to Israel Palestine. <laughs> back to Israel Palestine. Get you a girl who can do both. Get you just, a girl who can do not put mirrors up. Better for Israel. No one puts AWD in a corner. I remember when we got the Instagram DM and it was like, really appreciate that spotty model to Guantanamo Bay podcast pivot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was actually listening to, this is another quite interesting thing about this, is I was trying so hard to find a podcast episode to listen to the other day to help get my head around everything. And I searched in my podcast library and in there I have The Daily, I have Today in Focus, so I have The Guardian, The New York Times, all of these huge publications and none of them have ever, ever done an episode on Palestine. I yeah, searched wow. everything and I was like, that's crazy. So then I ended up finding a podcast called This is Palestine and I was listening to this amazing journalist who lives in Palestine and she was talking about how right now the violence has escalated because of a few factors, but basically these kahanas who were once banned from being in the government because of their racism some of them have now been elected in the recent israeli election so they're now being embraced by the prime minister which is helping to create these jewish supremacy rallies so it's kind of similar to how trump was elected which mm -hmm. then prompted this huge rise in white supremacy and all of these like the proud boys and that kind of thing mm -hmm. and it's also similar because it's like you if you say that you're against the Proud Boys and these white supremacists in America, you're not saying you're anti-American? Yeah, exactly. And it's a huge part of like being a, a citizen of any country is criticizing the actions of the army, is criticizing the actions of the police force, is criticizing the actions of the government. We mm. can do all of those things because we are proud to be Australians are proud to be whatever it's like part of of being a citizen and like you said before there's like a lot of rejection of what's happening with these far-right groups by the Israeli population yeah exactly so yeah so now what we're kind of seeing as a result of ongoing and 
systemic and entrenched racism, but this recent election of these kahanas, which has really resulted in these far right groups thinking that they have an authority. It seems quite similar to the US when I say it like this. The police force is, you know, there's brutality there. And then Jerusalem Day was on May 9th, which caused more violence to escalate. I really liked what Paige Elkington, who's Flume's hottie girlfriend, a playboy model actress, the girl whose ass he ate at Burning Man <laughs> live on film, is also very smart and eloquent and hilarious on Instagram. But she put up a story saying that she spent equal time in both Israel and Palestine and she went on a peace trip five years ago led by Israeli Jews and Arab and Christian Palestinians. She met with rabbis and settlers and activists and Israeli government officials and Palestinian refugees, pretty much everyone across the board. So everyone with all different views on what was happening. And she wrote, it's an extremely complex situation, but what I saw was a full-blown occupation of the West Bank, which was incredibly sad and scary. There was militarized police at every corner, limited resources, many areas with no electricity or water, and packed refugee camps. I think a massive part of the problem is the narrative has always been if you're pro-Palestine, then you're anti-Semitic, which is so insane. Criticizing the incredibly powerful Israeli army isn't anti-Semitic, and it's not to say that Hamas, which is a political party in Palestine who are fighting Israel, hasn't committed terrible crimes. Extremism on both sides is dangerous. There was a long time when Jews, Christians, and Muslims all peacefully occupied the same land, and hopefully one day it will return to that. Yeah, I think as well I read Hannah Arendt's Eichmann in Jerusalem recently. She's an amazing Jewish cultural critic and New Yorker writer in the 50s, and she wrote this book that was about some of the trials of the Nazi guards in Jerusalem. But she talked a lot about some of the growing kind of Israeli nationalism and how strands of that had the potential to become dangerous and how that it actually didn't represent a lot of the Jewish population's feelings about why Israel existed. For, for a lot of people, it was this safe, peaceful space to exist in. And she talked, I think, a, not a lot, but in that, in that book of essays, she did talk about this growing faction, which has obviously built momentum in the last few years and was able to talk about it as this kind of very purely political thing, which I think to have a discussion about this is like really removing a lot of the cultural and religious questions, which I know you can't remove completely, but really looking at it as a like political, geopolitical dispute. Mm. Yeah, it's like a very extremely powerful government basically exercising their power to get more land off people who have less than at the moment. I think it's worth highlighting as well that anti-Semitism is this incredibly real and alive form of discrimination that exists and I think that is not discussed as much as other forms of racism or discrimination. A lot of what Trump did when he stoked white nationalism was also stoke a lot of anti-Semitism, which is quite ironic because his son-in-law, uh, Jared Kushner, and his daughter, Ivanka, are both Jewish. I think it's totally fair enough that there is this fear that anti-Israeli sentiment can lead to or does lead to anti-Semitism and that we need to be careful in the way that we discuss this. I've already seen some extremely troubling discussions about why mainstream media isn't covering this or why people in Hollywood aren't covering this. That has like huge overtones of anti-Semitism. Mm. And I think it is really important to pick up the nuances of that discussion and make sure that we are aware of that and aren't falling into that when we talk about this issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you mentioned at the start, like Israel is this 
place where for a lot of Jews it feels like their home and like the only place where they are safe and the only place where they're like not going to be subject to this anti-Semitism and it's this really holy sacred spot so of course for so many Jewish people around the world like hearing people just popping off on social media about their yeah, home without context, without context without nuance, yeah, yeah. it would be really really hard and obviously I think it kind of goes without saying that most of them would be completely against what the government is doing and completely against the killing of innocent civilians on both sides we are obviously not like the best people to be authorities on this subject we just wanted to explain why you're seeing it all over your instagram feed and we actively as always encourage you to go and do your own research it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. On to Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> yes, or should we talk about um, celebrities? Oh, yes. Celebrities yeah, yeah. doing fundraisers. So, obviously, the ongoing COVID crisis in India is still really, really, really dire. Millions of people have been infected, hundreds of thousands of people have died, and there's been so many fundraisers to raise money for India, but then a kind of conversation that's been quite interesting is about celebrities doing fundraisers or celebrities doing fundraisers in general. So Mm -hmm. Virat Kohli and Anushka Sharma, who are the most famous cricket player and actress in India, created a fund to raise $1 million for COVID relief but their combined net worth is $170 million and they donated like peanuts, $250,000 or something to it. Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas also asked for donations and in their post they said that if 100,000 people donated $10, that would be $1 million, which would be huge. They haven't revealed how much they donated, but they have a combined net worth of $100 So... It's kind of raised the question about celebrity fundraisers because obviously it's great to use your platform to get awareness out about causes, but then creating fundraisers yourself and asking your followers for money seems a bit weird, but then I'm like, what else do you do? It's like that Kylie Jenner backlash when she 
is reportedly worth a billion dollars and she was asking her followers to help her raise like $60,000 or something for her makeup artist. Yeah, that was all. Something fun and she was saying, he's like family to me, he needs this money. I do think that part of this conversation comes back to like a lack of understanding about what net worth actually means. Mm. And I think that that's because I remember Zach said that to me before where I was going on and on about Jeff Bezos. And he's like, when people say Jeff Bezos is worth, say, $2 billion, and it was more than that. But he was like, that doesn't mean he has $2 billion in his account. Like 95% of that money is tied up in Amazon stocks. It's the worth of Amazon. Like it, that, that number is kind of an arbitrary number. Like it doesn't mean anything. It's basically just like if you were going to sell it, this is how much you could sell it for. And there was that whole thing about billion-dollar companies, unicorns, et cetera, like how Glossier was called a billion-dollar company. It didn't mean the company made a billion dollars or anyone had a billion dollars, like nowhere near. It was like if you're going to sell all of these assets, what should someone pay for it? Mm. Do you think with these conversations when we talk about – I'm so sorry to bring this back to Real Housewives, but oh my I was watching God. <laughs> I was watching the reunion and Andy Colm was going through and saying, okay, so – your net worth is 100 million, your net worth is 80 million. And Lisa Vanderpump started laughing. And she was like, do you think if my net worth was $150 million that I would be on Real Housewives? And he was like laughing. But that's what it's listed as everywhere. But she's like, if I had $150 million in my bank account, obviously I wouldn't do this show. Mm, So I feel like I love her. But I'm like the net worth, when we say these lofty numbers, I wonder how much money they physically have sitting in their bank account to donate. Yes. Not to say that that means that they shouldn't. I'm just, I think sometimes, yeah. No, I agree. I think the rich and poor divide is especially kind of intense in countries like India. So I think it, mm-hmm. I think the whole thing is more just, more just comes down to a question around why should some people have this much money in the first place? So an mm-hmm. Oxfam report said that the top 10% of the Indian population holds 77% of the total national wealth. There's over 140 super rich people in India, which means it's home to the world's third highest number of billionaires, which seems so wild. The third highest number of billionaires in a country where most of the population lives in slums. Yeah, the wealth divide in India sounds outrageous. In the, And in that Guardian Today in Focus episode about COVID, they were saying that the biggest thing about the COVID pandemic that's happening there right now is that it's the first time probably in the country's history where wealth cannot save you and wealth is not making any difference. You mm. can't, it doesn't matter if you have $2 billion, you cannot get ahead in a hospital versus someone that has no money. It's become this awful equalizer that's really like shaken the foundations of Indian society when I listened to that podcast I was walking to my friend Hannah's house and I was just sobbing because I know that you know that it's bad but I think it's really easy to remove yourself from the human element of things until you Mm. hear human stories about it so that story about the uncle who was driving around hospitals Mm. all night long trying to find a bed for his 21 year old niece and then ended up finding a private hospital and put her in a private hospital for the night, which had oxygen, and he would have paid out of his own money, which would have been so extortionate and crazy. And then he drove around the whole night trying to find a bed for her for the next morning at 5 a.m. when they were going to release her. And then he couldn't find a hospital bed and she died. And the way they were telling that story, I was just crying. And they start the podcast by remembering a fucking Guardian reporter who's died from it. It's just so intense. Mm-hmm. The thing that's so 
awkward about like celebrity fundraisers say for example someone like Priyanka Chopra their lifestyles that they have to live in order to look like celebrities and be celebrities is so at odds with these like very real human things that we're talking about that someone like Priyanka Chopra for example will put up a plea asking everyone to give money to, to save lives in India and then we'll put up a photo six to 12 hours later of herself in a $20,000 outfit, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like so jarring because you've just said that like the equivalent of what you're wearing will help 40 people or whatever. But that's just the disconnect with celebrities. Like we love celebrities. We reward people that have lots of money with more money. And that's just the system. And we don't want to disincentivize them from philanthropy I guess but at the same time it is like such nonsense when you really think about it yeah exactly um should we talk about Chrissy Teigen quickly okay so Chrissy Teigen as we speak is on the internet making headlines because she has come back off her Twitter hiatus I guess to apologize for the tweets she sent to Courtney Stodden 10 years ago, so in 2011. The Daily Beast did a big interview with Courtney Stodden. Courtney Stodden rose to fame in 2010-ish when they, at age 16, married a 51-year-old man and it became this huge media story in a very disgusting 2010 way. And obviously they were groomed and their husband was a pedophile. They were married to him on and off for 10 years, finally divorced a couple of years ago, and they have just done a piece coming out as gender non-binary inspired by Elliot Page, which is super cute, Mm. with a Daily Beast and basically said, I was a 16-year-old who was in what was should have been obvious to everyone was an abusive relationship and everyone was going after me online but no one went after me more than Chrissy Teigen so crazy basically it's nuts and I left all these tweets that were still on Chrissy Teigen's page telling Courtney as if you wouldn't go through your page and delete that if you've been harassing Mm -hmm. someone when you're like the queen of anti-trolling exactly So these tweets said all of these really kind of nasty things, but very 2010 things. So something said, why don't you take a dirt nap, which apparently means lie in a ditch and die. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah, other stuff that was really messed up. And then Courtney said that Chrissy also sent them DMs telling them to kill themselves in 2010. 11. Courtney at the time was a teenager. They were 16, 17 years old, but Chrissy Teigen at the time was 26 years old and had somewhat of a profile and reputation. She married John Legend in 2013. This was 2011. So it was a couple of years before. So they, yeah, so they'd met. So it's, you know, it's not when she was 16 or 17 as well and it's all a thing it's she was a full adult in the public eye it's very jarring to look at these tweets Mm, so also Courtney said that privately Chrissy was sending dms and the 
private DMs are worse than the public tweets and in the private DMs, Chrissy was straight out saying you should commit suicide. Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't around. I've heard the name Courtney Stodden, but I wasn't really around for much of the drama. I know that Courtney and their husband at the time were on a lot of reality TV shows and I don't know if it was in response to behaviour that was, like, exhibited on those shows, not that that would excuse it. I don't understand what the, like, onus was for, like, Chrissy yeah. Teigen to be tweeting this shit. Because Chrissy Teigen has come out and apologised and been like, I had no self-esteem, this is vile, this is disgusting, I'm so sorry. Um, but obviously the hypocrisy is, like, pretty astounding. Yeah, and then Courtney put something on their Instagram saying, I accept Chrissy Teigen's apology, but I haven't seen it because I'm still blocked from Chrissy's Twitter. Yes. And Chrissy said, you know, I've reached out to Courtney privately and we're dealing with this privately, but because I was so nasty publicly, I'm also doing it publicly. Whereas Courtney is saying, no, this is only public. There's been no private correspondence, which is pretty concerning as well. It seems like we're just destined to keep having this conversation over and over again. I really don't subscribe to the idea that everyone should be defined by their worst, most ugly moments. I personally never sent nasty, horrible tweets, but I also wasn't active on Twitter in that era. And I don't really feel comfortable throwing stones or like getting on a moral high ground. I just do think that, yeah, I guess just the, firstly, just the hypocrisy of, of, Chrissy Teigen, who has many times kind of gotten a moral high ground about people trolling or doing gross things on Twitter when surely she knows she's done it herself. Like it kind of. It would be like Jamila Jamil. I wouldn't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's such a defining part of her character as a public figure is that she's so anti this thing that it does feel a bit grubby and hypocritical. I think secondly, if she hasn't, as it seems, she hasn't actually gone to lengths to try and make things right with Courtney behind the scenes, but has posted publicly, it does then have the kind of awkward feeling of like a preemptive PR move to protect your reputation more so than like a genuine moment of reckoning or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, we weren't, we were too young to have been on social media at that time. So who knows? what we could have done but I'm like at 26 you're not a teenager and I I do think it's it's obviously that internalized misogyny thing is such a huge part of what would have inspired all of that horrific like anger in her and I think that being able to look back now at things that even 10 years ago like I just can't believe now that 10 years ago it was a cultural phenomenon the 16 year old that married a 51 year old he was Courtney's acting teacher and they started DMing before they met in person and yeah, a started a relationship. Pedo. Like he's a, he's literally a pedophile. Like it's mm. revolting. Yeah. And that was treated as sport. <laughs> For that to have been making headlines. It just, oh my God. So crazy. I feel like we come, we've come so far, but it still feels like we're nowhere near because we were there 10 years ago. Yeah, we were all growing up seeing that. I know the name. Like, I was obviously cognitively aware of this as being a thing. And I think it's, I actually think it's really great and really important for us to look back at this stuff, even though it's uncomfortable to, and deal with it. I think it's just a good thing to look at. I don't think it means anything. I don't think it means Chrissy Teigen can't have become a genuinely lovely person in the 
intervening 10 years. Obviously, I don't think that. It's just anything that reminds you not to get on your high horse on social media is like good. Mm. (laughs) Time for Jardin moments of the week. So Gwyneth Paltrow has done an interview, which is so random. It was with the mirror or something, which I can't understand. But she didn't interview by and in it she said that she went off the rails during lockdown because she drank quinoa whiskey <laughs> and ate pasta and bread in lockdown and then she's just been trolled so massively by everyone in the world because yeah, she admitted to drinking as many as two cocktails a night during lockdown, quinoa based whiskey, and even sometimes eating bread and pasta. And it just feels like it's just another attempt at celebrities trying to be relatable and just miserably failing at this point i just can't believe that she's not in on the joke i'm like sure like surely yeah i think she kind of would be (laughs) yeah but but also she piss out of herself a bit with that maybe i don't doubt that she beats herself up for eating bread like i think that's true but i feel like she's playing to type as a to be yeah well when i reread recently i reread her um that new york times piece and I feel like she she understands that she's a joke, but then she can't quite get her head around that that would be funny. But she was amazing in the New York Times piece. She mm. got drunk with the journalist and had a ciggy with her. Yeah. I can't bring myself to hate Gwyneth Paltrow. I feel no, like we'd I really get Gwyneth. on with her if we met her. I love her. Love, love, love. She might not get on back with us. I think she would. I think she's a she's a girl's girl. Yeah, I think she's hilarious. <laughs> I'd love to drink a quinoa whiskey with her. Yeah, you're drinking whiskey now. She said as well in the mirror piece that when she drinks these cocktails, it makes her want to have a ciggy. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Gwyneth, she's only human. I yeah, but her. she she also, it was quite funny because she also just like inadvertently admitted that she never eats carbs, which kind of skinny people always deny that they don't not eat carbs and that they avoid bread and that rah 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 and it's about eating a balanced diet and Gwyneth was like holy fuck I ate pasta yeah that's what... <laughs> maybe she did genuinely think that was like a rollicking old time yeah having pasta and bread one night yeah love you Gwyneth okay next one a divided opinion Jado moment of the week which is that Matthew Perry of Friends fame was ousted on TikTok. Why did you say who he was? Pardon? Obviously, a friend's fame. Do people are yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston of Friends. Yeah, fame. Jennifer Aniston of Friends fame. He anyway, he matched with like a young like 20-something girl on TikTok and on Raya, and she matched with him as a joke because she thought it would be funny, but he actually matched with her. And then she filmed him flirting with her on FaceTime and then put it on her TikTok and it went viral. And I feel ba- I feel bad for Matthew Perry. Same. What does he say in it? He's like, do you always twirl your hair like that or something? And she's like, huh, yeah. Was she on a video call with him? She was on a video call with him and she was filming, filming herself and him. Naughty. And then she put on TikTok when you match with Matthew Perry as a joke, but he actually like wants to boost you or something. And then he's like leaned over on the bed like this. I know I'm like, it is gross of him, but I also feel like she's really naughty for sharing that because it just made me feel really sorry for him. I know. Apparently she's banned from Raya now for life. So she should be humiliating Matthew Perry of Friends fame. It is gross. Yeah, it's gross. What's his age parameters on Raya? Like 
19 to 30. Yuck. Did um, we talk about Ben Affleck doing the same thing? Did he? Yeah, so a girl matched with him on Raya and then she... Between going out with Anna de Armas and J-Lo, he's just on Raya. I don't know the timelines. Don't know if it was before Anna. She matched with him on Raya, thought it was fake, so deleted him. Then he tracked her down on Instagram and sent her an Instagram video being like, why did you unmatch me? It's me, Ben. No. (laughs) Yes. True, man. That's so fucked. Yeah, and she was like, what the fuck? And then she put that up, so I think this is why this girl's done this one, because the Ben Affleck one went viral a few weeks ago. Why would Ben Affleck do that? Well, she was quite hot. But, like, you're famous. Why would you want that evidence anyway? I'm scared to send a voice note in a private WhatsApp. Yeah, I've been eating really healthy recently and I sent my friend a photo of, like, my before and after on an Instagram disappearing message in case she showed anyone. That's what I mean. You're not having that evidence on your phone. We're also security conscious and Ben Affleck's just out here sending unsolicited videos to young women he doesn't know from Adam. Mm. And that's so creepy, like, following people onto Instagram. Finding her on Instagram. <sighs> yeah. Of course J-Lo yeah, is not. The, this, this confirms that Benefit isn't real. J-Lo would never. That's what I mean. I'm like, in what world? This is the thing that just always confuses me. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like, I would not have sex with Ben Affleck if given the opportunity. No, yuck. Absolutely not. So I really struggle to believe that Jennifer Lopez would. Yeah. You know? Bye. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.